You are listening to KC Sports Network, proudly presented by Emprise Bank. Coming up, the latest episode of 10 Things. Chiefs' domination over the AFC West continues as they clinch their eighth straight AFC West division title after Harrison Butker outscored the Bengals 1917 <laughs> on Sunday afternoon in front of me and my family, Haley and her dad, Taylor Swift, and about 74,000 other people. We've got 10 things you need to know following this game. Thanks for listening to KC Sports Network. Make sure you download our new app. Find it on the App Store or Google Play. Just search KC Sports Network. Thanks to everybody who's hanging out with us live on YouTube and appreciate those listening to the audio version of this podcast after the fact. I'm BJ Kissel. That's Haley Lewis. Hello, hello. And we've got 10 things to share following the Chiefs win over the Bengals. And please let us know in the comments. We'll bring your questions, your comments, your thoughts on the game or the show or anything that we're talking about. We'll bring those up, try to make this an interactive show. Uh, Tucker Franklin is out on a little mini vacation right now. So it's just <laughs> Haley and I producing this thing and hosting at the same time. But uh, luckily, we've got a win. We've got some stuff uh, positive to talk about. But please let us know again how you're feeling about the game the playoff berth, what lies ahead for this team. Uh, before you get into that, Haley, how was your New Year's? My New Year's was good. Uh, I got to go to the game with my dad. That was so much fun, getting to watch history history be made. Um, growing up in a football family, watching him coach, going through, just watching my brother play and all that stuff, and just being able to have like that that family moment. 2023 was a good year. So yeah. I'm glad the Chiefs capped it off with a win. I'm sure some people here are maybe struggling this morning, but... Yeah, I thought you were going to be struggling, to be honest. I thought I was too. Yeah, live vicariously through you young people and going out and having fun. I decided to be mature so that I could show up prepared for this podcast, BJ. I say... I'm an adult. Yeah, I say that and I I feel bad almost saying it because I wouldn't change anything about where I was or what I was doing on New Year's. We went to the game, we got back. Um, the timing, we actually timed it perfectly. I've never been this person, so please, if you want to shame me, I deserve it. Uh, but we left with about three minutes to go in the game. Oh, we left a little early. Too. And to get to the parking lot, and I'm like dragging my son through like the thing. Like my wife's got our daughter, and we're like getting to the parking lot. I mean, we got to get because we parked in the far corner up by yeah. the, the practice facility. And it's like once we get to the car, we're out in like 50 yards. Yeah. Like we got to get out of there. But you could hear the game ending and I'm like we gotta go quickly like, now there's like a five minute window where you're either out of there or you're gonna sit there for about 40 minutes uh if you get stuck but um we got back we ended up uh I went to the store right when we got home bought a bunch of just stuff that the kids wanted bought a cookie cake that said happy new year just because um but we ended up playing video games my son for uh, Christmas got a new like Nintendo Switch com- yeah. uh, controller so whole family's playing Minecraft and Super Smash Bros and all these games and Daughter tried to stay up as late as we let him stay up as late as they want. Daughter made it till about 1030. And she's like, Daddy, I want to go to sleep. So I went up with her, um, put her to bed. I fell asleep. And then I woke up to hearing my son scream. I looked at my phone and said 1201. So my son made it uh, to midnight and he was hanging out. But that was our exciting New Year's. Uh, but made much better uh, by the Chiefs taking yep. care of business. Uh, over the Bengals, and like I, like we said, we got 10 things for you. Before we start with number one, we do want to thank Mission Taco Joint for being the sponsor of this show and sponsoring the KCSN Foundation with our Feed It Forward program. Mission Taco Joint now has three locations in Kansas City. 
with South Plaza Crossroads is one that I think probably most people know yeah. in the Crossroads location that we were just there a couple weeks ago. And then the new one out in Leewood uh, in Park Place. It's right across from Bamboo Pennies, uh, right there by the ice skating rink, uh, kind of my Dick Sporting Goods, the AMC Movie Theater right there over in Town Center. So uh, go check them out. And if you go on a Tuesday and you mention KCSN, you'll get 10% off your order. And please check out the Any Given Holiday Drink. It's made with the Ben Holiday Bourbon um, over there at Mission Talk or any of their locations in Kansas City. And proceeds from each drink that are purchased will go to support Braden's Hope. Uh, and their desire to raise more money and just um, help out, you know, kids with uh, pediatric cancer um, and the phenomenal organization. We did the event with them a couple weeks ago. Uh, that was really, really fun. But um, thank you to Mission Taco Joint. Go eat some tacos. Um, start off the new year. There you go. Start right. off right. Let's get this started. These are 10 uh, just things to know, facts, opinions, all kinds of stuff. Some of it's from Twitter. Some of it's from Pro Football Focus. Some of it's from the Chiefs Communications Department. Uh, and the game notes that they sent out. But number one, AFC West domination. Haley, you want to take this one? Yep. AFC West domination with the 25-17 victory over the Bengals. The Chiefs have now claimed their eighth consecutive AFC West title, extending the record for the longest consecutive streak of division titles in the history of the AFC West. It also marks the second longest streak of division titles in the NFL history, dating back to 1970, breaking a tie with the Los Angeles Rams. Oh, there we go won the NFC West seven consecutive times in 1973 through 1979. You kind of forget. I love how it's with teams move around. You kind of forget what teams they used to be or cities they used to be with. Yep. Anyways, the Chiefs only trail the Patriots NFL record of 11 consecutive division championships from 2009, 2019. I wonder why. The Chiefs have now qualified for the playoffs in nine consecutive seasons. That's huge. Thank you. Shout out Coach Reed. Time for the second longest streak of consecutive playoff appearances in NFL history. Their mark now only trails, of course, New England's 11 straight playoff appearances from that good old time that Tom Brady was at the helm there. That's uh you can't go without recognizing as as crappy as we have been talking about how things have been going yeah. without recognizing the absolute domination since Andy Reid took over and now since Bachelor Hose have been a starter. It's been great. Yeah, it's a hard thing. You don't. We talked about this on the show. Like, you don't want to tell fans how to fan. <laughs> Everybody yep. does it differently. That's a good way to say it. Everybody emotion the emotional roller coaster of being a fan or fanatic. Um, everybody kind of does it differently. But I don't think, as a fan base, we should get. And I'm caught up. I'm as guilty as anybody. Yeah. So entitled that division championships don't mean anything, and that there was a time that you know winning the division seems so far away mm -hmm. uh back when i started covering the team uh back when they weren't very good uh back during the scott pioli todd haley era and back then you were just hoping for december games that mattered yeah you know yeah. just give us a chance to get into the playoffs of the wild card and maybe sneak a division if you get hot at the end of the season uh but i think in the most part i think fans know it and i think it's the crazy thing about expectations i think i've been saying that for about three weeks now that when the expectations are higher, you feel disappointed when they're not right dominating Which every is single right week. That we have high expectations now exactly. in the city, but I get your point. But yeah, not glossing over a you know an eighth straight division right. title, and that when you started putting in a context of the fan bases that we've been so annoyed because they had such consistent success, <laughs> like the New England Patriots, and there's more stats coming up here on this um, regarding you know most consecutive postseason appearances. I mean. The Chiefs at nine. I mean, it was nine consecutive playoff losses when we're talking about history and streaks in the playoffs. 
I love hearing these things because for the longest time, all I could talk about or all I remembered from being a fan was just heartbreak after heartbreak after heartbreak and a consecutive, you know, an NFL record for most consecutive playoff losses. And here we are looking at most consecutive postseason appearances uh, for 2015 to 2023, rivaling Indianapolis's heyday with Peyton Manning uh, going into you know, the end of the of the Andrew Luck era, Dallas from 1975 to 1983 also went to nine straight postseason uh, and had nine straight postseason appearances. And then we just said the New England Patriots, 11 consecutive postseason appearances from 2009 to 2019. So I think it's good for us to be able to step back, especially after a win like that against that opponent with the Bengals and all the stuff that uh, is brought up facing them each week, which we'll, I'm sure we'll get into later in the show. How do you, how do you feel about the Chiefs? The fact that they, I think even we tweeted this out on social day, eliminated the Bengals two years in a row. I mean, that feels good. Like the little evil girl inside of me is just. Yeah. I If you had to to chalk it up this season or any season, really, like which team would you want to beat uh, to go to the playoffs? I would say at this point, a lot of Chiefs fans would probably say the Bengals yep. if they got a chance to choose. Uh, now, to be fair, like that's a Joe Burrow-less Bengals. Yes. It's not the same Bengals team. Bigger removed early and yeah banged up to Chase. yeah something uh we'll get into that and i yeah we'll get, <laughs> let's talk about the playoff there's, picture there's more, there's more coming there. uh to the jamar chase social yeah. stuff and the luxurious need we'll get to that we'll do that right after this next point because it all kind of blends together talking about going to the playoffs yeah that the playoff picture is is pretty much set mm-hmm. uh as far as the chiefs go now we don't know who the opponent's going to be but the chiefs are the three seed they're locked in. There's nothing that can happen next week that is going to change the fact that the Chiefs are the number three seed. Uh, now, number one seed, obviously, is Baltimore. The two seed is either going to be Buffalo or Miami. That depends on what happens with their game. Mm-hmm. But there are five different teams that the Chiefs could play in the wild card round at this point. There are five different teams that still have a chance or could fall into the sixth seed. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to bring up a graphic, uh, do the best I can, for to explain it for the people listening to the audio uh but we're gonna bring up this graphic that has the nfl tweeted this out and it's got all of the different uh playoff scenarios uh for what could happen yeah it's it's a lot and you can see on the far left side of this graphic it's got all the different the five afc games that are taking place next week who would win those games and what that would mean for the seating going off to the far right so every scenario says that if buffalo wins and they beat Miami the Chiefs will be playing the Miami Dolphins so that is the one simple scenario that if Buffalo wins the Chiefs will be facing the Dolphins regardless of what happens with Jacksonville Tennessee Houston and Indy Pittsburgh and Baltimore or Denver and Vegas Um, now if Miami wins that's when it gets interesting the Chiefs could end up playing the Texans the Colts the Steelers or the Bills Um, again a lot of different scenarios playing out I'm not going to explain all of them in an audio podcast because sure, i'm not sure, sure that's going to make sense if you go to our social media or if you go to the nfl communications they've tweeted this out it's the afc playoff seating scenarios um but the most simple one to know is if buffalo wins the chiefs will be playing miami buffalo will actually get the two seed um and jump all the way up with the season they've had that would be a crazy ride uh and then for the dolphins i just saw that bradley chubb has a torn acl in the last yeah. game so that's not great for them, but again, five different opponents the Chiefs could end up playing uh, in the f- wild card round. I don't know how I'd feel yeah. not playing Miami that early. Granted, it's a different Miami team. They just lost arguably their best defensive player, one of their best defensive players. Um, but more so, 
curious to see how the Chiefs handle next week's game because they're locked in. It doesn't affect anything. Do you think that they will sit the starters? Do you think we'll see Blaine Gabbert? Do you think this is like half of they play half the game? And I mean, because it, it doesn't matter. And this yeah. is I was actually talking about this morning. I, I wonder how that will all pan out. It, it's always a coach read thing. Yep. You know, Mahomes said it. So here's what Patrick Mahomes said in his post game press conference regarding uh, the week 18 game not really having any effect uh, and whether it's better to rest or start. He said, I didn't know that, but I just kind of let head coach Andy Reid make all of those decisions, and then I roll with it. If he wants us to get out there and kind of bit off this momentum that we have, I'll be ready to go. And if he wants to give some rest, then I'll get that rest to prepare for whoever we're going to play and be ready to go in the playoffs. Um, I want and I believe that Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs offense need to play. I think that— like build confidence? Yes. Think so? I think after yesterday's game— I think they it, some things started to click. There was a lot of reports about them simplifying the offense and all that. How much of that's real and how much of it we're hearing weeks after that right. kind of already started. We don't know. I don't ma- like to make a huge deal about those types of things. But between Rasheed Rice getting getting going, Pacheco, mm-hmm. uh, Pacheco getting going, uh, I would like to see the offense get out there and play. And I, Patrick Mahomes obviously needs to be a part of that. But at the same time, absolutely do not play him. Do not get him for going to the right, playoffs. Right, I'm right. talking about both sides of my mouth. I would lean towards having the offensive guys play and maybe resting some of the key guys on defense or at least mixing it up a little bit more, right. doing some vanilla stuff on defense. They're not going to try a lot of different things. That being said, there's only so many guys in the roster. You can't rest everyone. There's literally no one else left to play. And so uh, not putting them in a position to hurt themselves but again we're talking about a player who's going to go out there and compete and he doesn't really know the throttle down uh, not go 100 miles an hour all the time it it, it I'm, I'm curious to see how it works out you even wrote this incentive down here you know kelsey has six, 16 yards shy of yeah. getting another thousand he needs yards. to get his thousand yards yeah, like that yeah. far like put him in get his get him an 18 yard catch good about that get him out of there i, I feel like he's been yeah. good about that in years past or seasons past but, yeah, I think that's going to be the biggest thing that everyone's looking out for. Coach Reed talks here. I mean, he probably just wrapped up his press conference. Um, so we'll maybe have a little few of those quotes coming out on Twitter to figure out what he said. But, you, I mean, you know as well as I know, he's not going to give anything. <laughs> and, and what he usually gives is much di- like sometimes a lot different. Like he'll tell us in the preseason, ah, these people are going to play this many series. And it completely is always different. Um, but I, I do agree with you on the fact that I think it's wise that the Chiefs offense takes this as another opportunity to build momentum before they go into the postseason. Do I think, do I ever want to see, you know, Patrick get hurt in the final regular season finale? No, but I do think where they are now in the type of team that they are now, you saw how scared he was on the field, almost, I don't want to say scared, but just timid to don't throw an interception, don't throw an interception, you know, and all these things from the national media. You hear Dante Hall even saying it. Uh, just take, you know, the simple play. So I think that this would be a great opportunity for them to kind of roll into the postseason with a little more momentum than they have now. Yeah, I'm not even sure at the simple stuff. They've been checking down. This Yesterday was the first time that it, they threw the ball down the field, it felt like, on right. some of the we saw like pitching three, goes with, with Rasheem. Yeah. yeah, they went two of three on passes beyond 20 yards, and we've talked about that on this show mm-hmm. all season long and that they hadn't taken a lot of shots. Before we get I got a comment. at the first half, but yeah. You're a superstar. I'm a superstar? Yeah, oh, thanks. But I will say, my name is spelled differently. <laughs> I wasn't going to say that. But I appreciate you that. that. Thank you. <laughs> H-A-Y. I like Tarpion right over there. I uh, appreciate your support, uh, the kingdom. 
That's very and sweet. anybody else in the comment section and Cole saying Travis needs to run 16 yards in a thousand yard season. That is correct. It would be his eighth straight thousand yard season. No tight end in NFL history had more than two straight thousand yard what? seasons. Um, I talked about that before because uh, on a, I think it was during the show that I did solo here because I remember the year he went and got his third straight that thousand yard season. I remember telling him in the locker room like, "Hey, you've that's just right. done something that's yeah. never been done in NFL history." And he's like, "That's cool, BJ, but I don't really care." <laughs> and now I'm sitting here with absolutely no say in anything, being like, "Get him in the field, get it 16 yards, get his eighth straight thousand yard season." But, um, but yeah, I. Be curious to see how they handle it. Uh, I would be surprised if they rested everyone. I would, you know, I'd be, I'd lean towards the, them playing and maybe a watered down version. Um, I think it's a great opportunity to get some things figured out on the offensive side. If it's dumbing things down, try some plays, try some looks, try, and we're, we're guessing at this point. Yeah. I just, when I say this, and the, the Chiefs receivers, like, they all learn every spot. They learn the X, the Z, and they move guys around. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's a chance to put somebody out in a different position sure. and see what they can handle, what they can't. Give them some situations in which they've got to read something and try to use it as, like, a practice mm-hmm. almost to get the offense going um, or to get some things that they can use in the playoffs and get any kind of an advantage. Um, but let's move on to number three. Um, we'll find out more throughout the week. Um, we know Andy Reid is so forthcoming on the, yes. their game plans. <laughs> And what they're going to do. Maybe morning. maybe now because there's literally nothing that's going to change with the situation that he'll say, like, yeah, this is what we're doing. They're facing an opponent. That season is over. They fired everybody already with the, the Chargers. Um, so maybe this this is set up to be a scenario in which maybe they'll let us know. Uh, but history tells us that's probably going to yeah. happen. Uh, but now, team win for the Chiefs would be a pretty fun, simple one. Chiefs have now scored in 180 consecutive games marking a new record for the longest streak of games with points scored in franchise history. And after quarterback Patrick Mahomes completed 21 passes on Sunday, the Chiefs now have 406 completions on the season, the fourth most in a season in franchise history. I enjoy looking um, at the, well, most consecutive game scoring. Uh, It spans, obviously, uh, 11, looks like 11 years uh, for that to happen. Uh, Second longest streak was 179 games, which... They just broke the tie with. That was between 1963 and 1976. Uh, but I do enjoy looking at the most compl- most passes completed in the season in the Chiefs record book. Uh, it's literally number five, 2018. Number four, 2023. Number three, 2020. <laughs> number two, 2022. And number one, 2021. It's wow. basically Patrick Mahomes' season as a starter outside of 2019. That's the top five. And he's probably, that's probably six. We he also only had 21, 21 to 29 yesterday. They didn't have the ball. They, no. Time they were there. I, hold on. Let me tell you time of possession. In the, even in the first half, the time of possession. Time of possession was like, they. I, I want to say, and I'm throwing this out here, that they only had the ball for like eight minutes in the first half at all. Yeah. No, I, at one point, it was it like four minutes to five. The first drive went a little bit, and they went three and out real quick on the second drive, and the yeah. Bengals had all of them. That I just remember looking up at like the total yards and thinking (laughs) the Chiefs offense hasn't been bad at all, but the total yardage completely out of whack because of time of possession and just amount of um, sack. There were three or four key plays there that the Bengals made on third down. And we talk about Joe Burrow not playing. Give some credit to Jake Browning. He made some really impressive. He made some really impressive plays, even on third down. Uh, He made some nice throws, uh, extended a handful of plays. 
and then a couple of penalties, extended drives yeah. um, for the Bengals as well. But I was impressed how they came out to start. The Chiefs' defense made adjustments as needed, but that first opening drive, I was, I was, you know, I think they were even caught off guard as well. Yeah, the Bengals had a really good game plan to start. It's just the Chiefs' defense a little better. King Jamie, the Mad, great show. Thanks, go Chefs. We appreciate your support. Not the Chefs. And uh, Terry Custer saying MVS needs to perform for the money he's being paid. My hope is a miracle comes through for him going forward. Why don't you tell him your opinion on MVS? Was... I was pretty early on it. I'm not saying I was first, but I was pretty early on the. Yeah. There's a lot of talk, and this was weeks ago. Like There was a lot of talk about the wide receivers, and a lot of it at that time was Sky Moore and Kadarius Tony. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, mm-hmm. why are we not talking about MVS? He's the one who's paid. He's the one who's been around longer than anyone else uh, in that room. And so, two drops yesterday, too. And one of them was horrible. And I didn't see it, but I saw a, a post, and he was Nick Wright afterwards, tweeted something about how he kind of showed up Mahomes. Was it, which, which one are you talking about? The deep ball or are you talking about the short? I'm assuming he's talking about the short one that okay. hit him in the chest that was a little behind him. Okay. And he kind of I seemed me laying me back. But... Um, some gesture. I don't know what it was. Maybe somebody in the comment section can tell us, but uh, made some sort of motion to kind of show up Mahomes is what Nick Wright had tweeted out. Oh, that's spicy. And yeah, I don't know if that's a, a great plan. I would be absolutely shocked if MVS was back. So at this point, might as well just support him or not talk about him because he's going to get targeted at some point. Uh, he can play 60 plays and get targeted twice, which is a horrible um, ratio on that. But that being said, we saw it last year in the playoffs, had over 100 yards, had a big game. Mm-hmm. If the Chiefs are going to win a few games in the playoffs, whether it's Kadarius Tony, whether it's MVS guys that we've been MFing all season, they're going to have to step up and make a play. And we all want them to make that play. Um, and there's no good in patting ourselves on the back for prognosticating a negative thing. Yeah, I've said that for a long time. It's never a good situation to be in as a content creator or somebody to say, I don't think that guy's very good on a team you want to win. And then when he's not good, be happy about it. Yeah. Uh, but this is a very, this is a great segue because speaking of being happy about it, uh, let's bring up and talk about the uh, interaction post game uh, with Jamar Chase and then Legereus Sneed and then Chris Jones' reaction. Because of all of what you're about to hear, I've seen a lot of comments on social media about this, about if I was a Bengals fan, hearing players laughing in the locker room after being eliminated from the playoffs on a team you cannot get along with or have been talking trash with all week. They do this every year, uh, at least the last couple of years. Uh, They talk a lot. And here, again, are those clips um, from the post-game pressers yesterday. I don't know what he was doing. I just be under people's skin sometimes, I guess. You know what I'm saying? So. MF will fight me, so it's all right. Bart, you taste your perspective off what happened that to the, the pushing and just trash talking. Can't handle it. Instituting then the trash talk, do you remember? Nah, I started off. They, the whole defense was mad at me. You know what I'm saying? It started at the beginning of the game. You've seen it. I mean, everybody's seen it. You know what I'm saying? That's just what I like to do. Any words you have for him on the field, or hey, look, yeah. we have still yeah, we have some words. You know, I would have told him the gay, totally big gay, but you know, ten stacks. Thank you, Lord. Wait, Captain, is out. Tell us we were done for another AFC West championship in the books to be continued. And Jamar Chase, now I try again. 
It's such a perfect response because Chris Jones is so good at this. We saw in the playoff or the Super Bowl game, it's like God bless you. Like they're he's talking, so good. and he's the little petty, backhanded. Um, I'll pray for you. Yeah, like it, kind of comments. And again, going back, and even one of the reporters, I don't know who it was in the background. It was one of the Bengals beat reporters. You could hear her laughing when he said he wouldn't fight me. I was just like that rubbed me the wrong way too. I'm like he just lost. A big game against a team you hate that you talk trash about all week. You lose, get punked on the field, uh-huh. goes up against Legereus Need. Legereus Need was covering Jamar Chase and he was targeted twice, had zero receptions with one pass breakup on a beautiful pass breakup along the sideline. And then to laugh with your teammate. I don't know if that was T. Higgins. I don't know who it was in the background. Um, just a bad look um, following not backing up all the trash talk that you had to say. I will say that let me preface this with saying I'm in Kansas City trying to do a podcast on Monday. You're making millions on the field. I understand my place in saying this, but th- that just seems classless. Like, I understand you have clout. I understand you have uh, developed yourself as a player and whatever. But at some point, the trash talking just becomes you just really obviously don't care about your reputation, your character. And I guess that locker room doesn't care about character. I mean, that's 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 the way you want to conduct it. That's not how I see Joe Burrow, but that's but the way in which he's speaking. Yeah, I Joe Burrow's. I think Joe Burrow's is still a good guy. <laughs> we'll get into that. I'm 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 opening old. Well, yeah, we're not. I'm we're not going to go down that route. Okay, but I'm just going to say that's classless. You've got Jamar Chase is. I don't say he's bigger than the Bengals, but he's so good that he can say whatever he wants. They're not going to cut him. They're not going to trade him. I mean, yeah. they're they're stuck. I and mean, they like gotta. I get what you're saying. They're gonna but... let. T. Higgins walk. Don't you feel stupid, I, though? I think they're so confident in knowing that he's one of the five best receivers in okay. football. I get it. just feels like, you know what, I'm going to I'm gonna double down. It's the same thing that MVS has done when he's been called out and questioned. Not that he's as good. I, he is not. Yeah, I was about to MVS say. MVS has been questioned about his play, and P.J. Green did it a few weeks ago, and MVS like, I don't know what you're talking about. I'm like, I don't know the fact that you can't catch a football, yeah. and now he's showing up to quarterback reportedly. Uh, a couple comments here I want to get to. Um, why is Andy Reid giving MVS so many reps and giving Richie James and Justin Ross so few snaps? The simplest answer is I don't think those guys know the offense as well as MVS does, which is saying something at this point. Mm-hmm. He's getting snaps because he's the best option to be out on the field. Um, I don't think there's any other scenario that that's not the case, but that just tells you they have to see something in practice for these guys to want to get out and play above MVS. And for all the stuff we talk about with MVS, and I will give him his credit, he's really good at blocking down the field. He's not quit. He's still playing hard in that way. He just can't catch a football or read a coverage, apparently, on when to get open and all the plays that have been broken down regarding kind of stemming, like splitting coverage between the seam and he's running towards the safety and almost throws it behind him, like th- those kinds of things. Um, but another comment here I want to react to, Bloon Raccoon, say the NFL – I think that's what I say. NFL is crazy. We worshipped MVS for saving the AFC Championship. Now we want him out of the building. Uh, that's kind of a what have you done for me lately league. Uh, every player is always one good game away from redemption, and so is MVS. He goes out in the playoffs and goes off for 120 yards and makes a couple of miraculous catches, uh, which has kind of been his thing. He can make the tough catch. He doesn't make the one where you hit him in the chest. Uh, but, yeah, a lot of people are going to forget about it, and he's going to be worth the $8.5 million that he's getting paid if he goes out and makes a play in the playoffs. Although at this point, I think his legacy in Kansas City is yeah, kind of set. Uh, he can change that with a couple of big games and, and some important moments. Um, but the trust in him getting the football, and I don't know about you, but sitting in our section 
every time they threw him the football, there were people screaming, get him off the field. Like, it was awful. Uh, so it's beyond just some of us. It's it's spread throughout the kingdom. It is interesting they have not pitched him, though. Like, I, I, I to your point. Yeah. The, I mean. If there's no consequence to bad play. Right. right. <laughs> it's going to motivate somebody right. uh, to get better and, and to do all the things. So uh, we'll see. What happens? I I strongly believe ES, uh, MVS will be playing a lot next week, uh, regardless of what happens with everybody else. Um, get him on the field. Get him his reps. Get him his reps and get some value out of him. Get him some something. So I don't know. Just somebody's got to get out there. Get him out there. Uh, all right. Let's move on. Let's move on to number four. Again, appreciate everybody for hanging out with us uh, live. Let us know in the comment section uh, how you're feeling about the game and the playoff matchup scenarios stuff that uh, we've been discussing. Number four, sack party. Sack party. You know uh, so McDonald's. Sacks. What's the thing? My, the Big Macs for sacks. Big Macs, sacks. My son was so excited. He looks at me. He's like, <laughs> Big Macs or buy one, get one. You know, crazy. I've never had a Big Mac in my life. Really? I've never ordered one. Uh, and my son just never had one either. <laughs> Not sure he's going to like it because of the dressing. Uh, was like, Dad, we have to go get him. Like, Big Macs for sacks. And at one point, on a complete side note, at one point in the game, my son looked over at my wife and Megan. He goes, you had eighty percent of uh, NFL players uh, choose sleep number. Like he just remembers all these commercials. It's like marketing works. Influence, People. like you read influence. Yeah, it works. He, um, uh, let's talk up. about that sack party. Yeah, the defense also went to work against the Bengals. They had six sacks by five different players for a total of thirty-eight lo- or yards for loss. Uh, PFF had the Chiefs at thirty-one pressures against the Bengals, led by Chris Jones with seven. George Karloftis was six. He looked good yesterday. The Chiefs has registered six or more sacks 64 times in franchise history since 2013. BJ, what happened in 2013? Um, we had a lot of sacks. Yeah, and Andy Reid came to the Chiefs. Andy Reid did come to the Chiefs. Uh, the Chiefs now have 15 games with six or more sacks going 14-1 and one in those contests. The defense has now totaled 54 sacks on the season, tied for the third most sacks in single season history for the Chiefs. The Chiefs have 13 different players with at least one sack this season. Wow, that's impressive. Yeah, I think I don't think it surprised anybody with as much pressure uh, as Steve Spagnuolo sends from anywhere and everywhere yep. that mm-hmm. you know your defensive linemen are always going to get sacks, half sacks. They're always going to be up there. Even your linebackers, um, and they're going to get in there and get somebody. But your safeties, your nickels, your cornerbacks, uh, they're all interchangeable. They can all move them around. Not surprised to see that. I am surprised. I was surprised last year when I saw that they had the second most sacks. Uh, in franchise history that they really are uh, getting after. I think a lot of it, and a lot of people use this word in a negative connotation, that they're manufactured sacks and that it takes bringing pressure from extra guys and not just lining up with your front four and, and getting after it. Okay. But I think right. it's just about making the opposing quarterback uncomfortable. Right. Like I think that's just part of his nature, and, and Spags has been one of the best at it. Mm-hmm. And it was it was fun to watch, and back-to-back sacks by Justin Reed. Yep. That was after he he was a part of that little little scrum or whatever you want to call it. Them getting chirpy on the field uh, with, with Chase down there, having him be able to do that back to back in the fourth quarter. Yep, just really killed the drive, um, solidified that the Chiefs were going to come away with the win. Yeah, that it. He is. I've seen some people be critical of him. I think sneakily think he's been a like one of the solid guys. I agree. To count on. Yeah. Um, and he's very smart. He knows exactly what he, he's doing. Yeah, he is a leader. Um, and from an outsider's perspective, appears to be 
a leader in that room and somebody that I am not worried about when we talk about the defense and all the different things. I like agree. Justin Reed is not one of those guys that you seemingly have to worry about. Uh, next guy, my guy. Um, <laughs> talk to the the crew at 101 The Fox and all the pregame stuff I do with them. They have known I've been on the George Karloftis train since I was mm-hmm. calling for him to break Derek Thomas's rookie sack record last year. And he got within striking distance, but didn't quite get there. The hit a strong end of the season. But George Karloftis joined forces with Charles Amenhu for a sack of Bengals quarterback Jake Browning in the fourth quarter, setting up a fourth and 24 situation and a Bengals punt from the Cincinnati 11-yard line. Karloftis added a six-yard sack of Browning on the Bengals' final drive of the game. With the one-and-a-half sacks in the game, Karloftis recorded his third multi-sack game. He now has a team leading 10-and-a-half sacks this season and 16-and-a-half career sacks. His 16-and-a-half career sacks through his first two seasons give him the third most sacks through a player's first two seasons in franchise history. The only two players that have had more sacks in their first two years in Chiefs franchise history are Derek Thomas, who his second year went off. He had 30 in his first two years, so we're not getting there. And then Jared Allen um, in this 2004-2005, he had 20 sacks uh, in his first two seasons, and it would take, what, four sacks against the Chargers next week for Karloftis to, to pass Jordan. Jared Allen, but more recently for a lot of the younger uh, fans mm-hmm. um, that are following a lot of it now, especially watching on YouTube and listening to the podcast, uh, George Karloftis already has more sacks than Tom Ali and Justin Houston did their first two seasons. If you want to give context to how good George Karloftis has been uh, getting after opposing quarterbacks, another guy has been pretty good at getting after Jones and Seahawks too. He was effective, quite effective yesterday. Um, he helped seal the victory here. He had a total of 9.5 sacks this season so far. That would be 74.5 for his career. Chris Jones want, is going to play next week because he made that comment during his post his press conference. It's, it's, okay, was he's got a sack? Ask. He's got a ten sack incentive, okay, which I'm sure it's like a million dollars or something. Sure. Where he was asked about like buying gifts for the the guys, and he's like, once I get ten sacks, I'll buy the guys something. <laughs> but I don't get that Patrick Mahomes money yet. I love that. I love that. He also had one solo tackle for loss with two quarterback hits to go with the sack. Um, there was actually one point during the game where I saw that Chris Jones was holding back Charles Minhew, who was getting in on like the chippiness, and to watch. Charles Aminahue is, is a huge, and he was coming off the edge, and he looked I know yesterday. Yeah. But watching Chris Jones yeet this man, like, he just, you forget how big Chris Jones is. Yeah. He was, like, throwing him back, and they're like, no, 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 we're not doing that right now. And I'm just like, gosh, he's just giant. I wish he was mic'd up, because I would love to hear that. Oh, I remember thinking the whole time, like, Chris yeah. is probably saying something about just, like, God will bless them. Like, just something, like. Which just trash talks. I heard, he was talking to Ronnie Stanley years ago. It was back in like 2015. And I remember I was standing, I was on the side. No, it was the sideline. No, so it would have been the, the other beat Miami or mm-hmm. on the Super Bowl Miami. It was the last year I was there. Uh, I remember I could hear him telling the ref because Ronnie Stanley was complaining about something. And just for Chris said, don't reward his ignorance. <laughs> like just that was not at all what I expected to hear. And it was, it wasn't even yelling. It was just like, don't, don't reward don't that. Ig- don't listen to that guy. Uh, Tershawn Wharton, yeah, lady first half. Uh, Turk took down Jake Browning for a one-yard sack. Now got two sacks this season, tying a single-season career high, which he also had two sacks in 2020 and 2021. He has seven career sacks in the end of the day with two tackles, including one for loss, two quarterback hits to go along with that um, I think sack. it's Hatton of torn his ACL. He was trending so good. Yes, yes he was. Um, he's one of those guys that 
going in the next year, coming back. It's always like that first year from the ACL, I do okay, yeah, yeah. and maybe make that jump next yeah. year. But uh, Charles Menehu also helped take down uh, Jake Browning in the fourth quarter en route to the 25-17 vi- victory. Menehu teamed up with Karloftis for the sack and a loss of seven yards, set up a fourth and 27, which the Bengals punted back to the Chiefs. Menehu was effective throughout the day with five tackles, including a tackle for loss, quarterback hit, and a pass defensed. Uh, which came at a big moment where he got that, those long arms out there to deflect, which was a screen, I believe, going to Jamar Chase at that time. But uh, George, or Charles Minnehu now has five consecutive games with at least a half a sack. In his first year as a member of the Chiefs, he now has a single-season career high of six sacks, and he has 17.5 for his career. I do know, looking at the PFF numbers earlier, that Chris Jones led the Chiefs with seven quarterback pressures, according to PFF. And then George Karloftis had six. And then Mike Dana had five. And I believe uh, Minahood had five as well. Mike Dana, those guys don't don't talk enough about, well, we're going to keep this moving, roll right in to number five right now. And it's another 10-win season for Andy Reid. Taking down the Bengals 25-17, the Chiefs hold a 10-5 record, marking the 18th 10-win season for Andy Reid in his NFL head coaching career. His 18 10-win seasons rank third in NFL history trailing only Bill Belichick and Don Shula, who are tied for the most 10-win seasons with 20. This season marks his ninth consecutive season with at least 10 wins, breaking a tie with George Seifert for the second most consecutive 10-win seasons in NFL history. He only trails New England head coach Bill Belichick's NFL record of 17 consecutive 10-win seasons. That one is absolutely bonkers, but... uh, crazy to think we talked about sustained success mm-hmm. that Andy Reid is two 10 wins shy of tying Bill Belichick and Don Shula for the most in NFL history I expect him to stay in Kansas City for at least the next two years um and he's going we've already said it he's in the top top four and wins for a head coach um but this guy is one of the greatest coaches in NFL history and we are getting a chance to be the benefactors of Clark Hunt flying to Philly that day and bringing him here we are blessed ever since January 7th, 2013. And selfishly, no, I mean, selfishly, both you and I are blessed to be a part of it and yeah. uh, cover this team uh, and be around. And uh, all that's because of Andy Reid. But these are much better, aren't they? Yes, <laughs> they are. Um, so much better. My favorite my favorite tradition after when, it, when the Chiefs won the division is Matt McMullen's tweet of like all of his hats. Yeah. Because then it like visualizes yeah. AFC West champs, AFC West champs, AFC West champs. They put them all on Reed. I mean, it was a, a graphic, but they stacked them all on Reed's head and you see yes. all the hats go all the way up and you're just like, I mean. I did think it was pretty cool too. I saw the the note and we didn't have it in here, but uh, since the history of the AFC West, the most, like all four teams had 15 um, AFC West championships. Like we were all tied with the same and now the Chiefs just got their 16th overall AFC West championship to have the most of any team. So uh, bragging rights, definitely on the Chiefs side in that regard. And let's take a little break. Okay. Uh, we've done five, 38, 39 minutes in. Again, we appreciate everybody for hanging out live. Thanks for listening to KC Sports Network. Make sure you download our new app. Find it on the App Store or Google Play. Just search KC Sports Network. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. 
Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, what's going on? Welcome back to 10 Things. I'm BJ Kissel hanging out with Haley Lewis. 15 seconds. Well, on the audio side, it's going to be all Barely the Blue Wire ads. So oh. it's going to be a couple minutes on the audio. So appreciate everybody for hanging with us uh, through the ads, helping us pay some bills. Um, <laughs> that's how this all works. Feel so, free to donate to communityamerica-haley-lewis. There you go. Um, Checkings, please. Yes. Or you should get an Emprise bank account because we're an Emprise bank network. Uh-huh. Didn't know that. My bad. Emprise Bank. Yes. We love every all the folks over there at Emprise. Yeah, there you go. For the visuals. Mission Taco. It, if you... Different story. <laughs> Want to know how to support us and support KCSN, a very small company mm-hmm. that is trying to grow in this space. Marketing, sponsoring, and the shows that the companies that sponsor us, you go support the businesses that are supporting us, you're supporting us in turn. And we try to work with great people and great businesses, and that's what we've done so far. Really happy about all the partners and everything that we got going on. Uh, but yeah, com- please swing by Mission Taco uh, and tell them. It's good. Uh, it is good. And get that in a given holiday because that's very good. And you're helping great people and great organization with Braden's Hope. All right. Let's move on to number six, the Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes section of this show. Uh, eclipses 4,000 yards on the season. Yeah. 245 passing yards, 21 completions on 29 attempts, one touchdown pass. Mahomes has now accumulated 4,183 passing yards on the season. It marks his sixth consecutive season with 4,000-plus passing yards. That ties Tom Brady. Heard of him. Peyton Manning. Heard of him as well. Uh, His one touchdown pass gives him 219 career passing touchdowns, trailing only Dan Marino with 220 for the most touchdown passes in a player's first seven seasons in the NFL. It marked his 52nd career game. With a hundred plus passer rating, the most franchise history. That's the most in franchise history and the second most in the NFL since he was drafted in 2017. I summarized a little of that, but the overall gist is Mahomes is a baddie. And even though he has what we want to say in quotes is a bad down year, he's still able to do what he's done in the first seven seasons as a starter in the NFL. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Special. Uh, I'm looking through the comments here. I uh, bring some of them on. We've met, we've moved on from some of these points, but we can bring some of these up here in a second. I'm I was just thinking the whole time you were talking how many passing yards he'd have if MVS could catch, um, or could Aries Tony faulty false. <laughs> no, it's <laughs> Seth Kaiser might do like somebody that's got like they really gets into it. Um, I would it 
somebody will do it in Chiefs game. There's enough people that cover uh, the Chiefs. Somebody should go back and look at all of There's the enough people with time. Yeah. There's, there's <laughs> enough people out there that were like I was 20 years ago before kids that can go back and really spend time looking this stuff up. But figure out how many guests and be conservative with it. But like if they caught this ball. Yeah. Um, or at least regression to the mean of like it. Don't make it no drop. Like just right in the middle of the NFL and drops. I got how you. many of those have been dropped. Go back to like the MVS play against the Packers. Like where would, he catches where that. Would one. we be? That's a good chunk of yards. Like how many more passing yards would Patrick Mahomes have uh, if people weren't dropping uh, passes for him? So hey, a lot of comments for you. A lot of big fans. Um, oh, that's nice. Nat Reeves, Thomas Lester saying ten and six record. BJ, I probably said something incorrect. Um, saw something in the year about a beef between. Uh, Charles Amenhu and Willie Gay on the sideline. Wait, really? I didn't see that. I didn't either. I, I don't know. I have any idea um, about that. And then Angry Junk German says, and the cherry on top is the cap hell that both Denver and LA will be in next year and only gets worse for them. Yeah, it's going to take Denver a while to get out from the Russell Wilson uh, situation, especially with all the mess that's coming out. It has just been NFLPA getting involved all, with all of it. Like, I, I think they have to, though. I've never heard a lot of positive things about the people that have covered Sean Payton and the way that he is and treating people. He's obviously been a very successful coach. I'm sure there's people that are in his circle that would absolutely do anything for him. That's kind of the way it is. Uh, one of my favorite phrase, favorite phrases is, depends who you ask. Mm. Like, somebody, there's a handful of people that you ask about anybody and they're going to give you completely uh, different opinions. We're all in that boat, uh, I'm sure. But... Um, Angry Junk Journal all saying, all we need from supporting cast is to catch the football and not turn it over. The bar is set very Thank low. Thank you. Um, and then Stephen C. saying, Chiefs were 0-5 against the Bengals in the month of December until yesterday. So maybe that's, that's why that. Jamar Chase was... Chirpy? Chirpy. He thought history was going to repeat itself. And I think he thinks he's cute. You know what I mean? Like, I think he thinks, like, this is fun. I think that... I'm going back. I'm regressing. Don't let me do it. I just look at it from... Uh, Bengals fans point of view if it was a Chiefs player that did that I'd be pissed it's just not a good look but there wouldn't be a Chiefs player that does that because that's not the locker room that they have Reed and Mahomes would not allow it that's outside looking in that's just not what I see that's true there are things that players say and MBS did it a few weeks ago that annoy fans and the way that they come across it mm-hmm. um, but that is not a team-ish type thing yeah. and again for as much crap as I've talked and everyone mm-hmm. has talked but MVS, you watch a lot of those long runs from Isaiah Pacheco. Even yesterday, saw it again. MVS is blocking down the field on mm-hmm. a lot of those. Um, and a lot of people uh, complaining about. I'm, go- I'm going off on a different thing. Connecting like the George Pickens. And the Chiefs should have George Pickens. George Pickens would not play in this system if he's not if he's publicly saying he's unwilling to block. Yeah. Because somebody might roll up behind him. Um, in that regard, MBS is still playing hard and doing a lot of things that are benefiting the Chiefs, just not the the main the main thing. Catch he's still post. Catch those okay. You know someone who does catch the ball? Who's that? And who also runs the ball mm-hmm. and who also is very much so loved by the fan base. Should I go on? He wants my son the neck jersey. Oh That's what he I wants. love that. Good old Isaiah Pacheco. Uh yeah, he definitely got the offense rolling yesterday. So I'll I'll roll into this. Number seven, he recorded a single game career high of 130 rushing yards on 18 carries, averaging 7.2 yards per carry. That is nice. With a long run of 37 yards, he added a team high seven receptions for 35 yards, 
including eight-yard touchdown reception to cap off the team's first drive of the game, going up 7-3 in the first quarter. Pacheco now has 1,765 career rushing yards. That's nice. It was. He was the spark early in the game for the Chiefs offense. He's the one that got him going. Um, what and he's he... so much fun to watch. I, oh, yeah. I don't know if there's ever been an, anyone that's run the football like him, where he picks his knees up, he like, <laughs> pounds them into the ground. I just... There's no comparison for the style and the way that he runs. When, very unique. When he had that touchdown, wasn't it just like, like he went like right in the flat and then just shot right up? It was like an angle route or something. The one that he caught? Yeah. Yeah, it was like a wasn't little Texas I, route, I, I think. I just like, the way in which he makes plays look, I'm, I'm, I'm not finding my words correctly. I'm trying to say, I'm not trying to just jump on the, the train of like, it's fun to watch him, it's fun to watch him. But he just brings the pageantry back to football. Yeah. Is, is that a good way of saying that? That's still not the perfect way of saying it. I'm trying to get to a point of basically... It's like throwback old school. Like he runs through tackles. He runs so and plays so hard. You're, yes, you're getting there. You're saying it, it better than I am. It's just, it's it's a throwback. And it's, it's the it's era of football that has led the NFL to being what it is. Mm-hmm. The physicality, the stuff that they're trying to get away from in some ways. I mean, they used to have segments on called jacked up like nfl network showing these hits that are now getting guys suspended and fined and rolling. really yeah that was it's called you got jacked up you know, <laughs> that was the like the drop on, That's a, funny. on it and not to say that it shouldn't take care of the players and all i i understand all of that That's but really the way that he runs and the physicality it just stands out it's like the angry runs that kyle brandt does on his um on his deal you could put a Pacheco run on there every single time. He did it again, just fighting through tackles. He doesn't make anything easy, and it has to, and I'm making an assumption here, but there's no way that if you're a teammate of his watching the way that he runs that it won't get your juices flowing a little bit and fire you up a little bit. Uh, to see the way that he runs, that adrenaline kicks in when you see a guy going out and fighting to make uh-huh. a second and three instead of a second and six because he's refusing to go down and be tackled by two guys. He needs the third guy to come over. Yeah. Um, it's just, it's it's a breath of fresh air to watch. Just a, yeah, just a fun guy to watch. And he does, you know, he's a fun interview too. And yep. just, yeah, yeah, good time. Another fun guy. All right, let's get to a couple comments here. Uh, Steven Jackson is the closest comparison to how Pacheco runs as some Thomas Lester. Um, Steve Jackson was a large human being, um, but I, I get that the knees coming up all yeah, that, and I'm not going to take a watch a ton of Steven Jackson because when I think of Steven Jackson, I think of a bigger kind of dude, um, and the way that he run, but that's, that's not bad. Uh, Sebastian J, uh, what are your thoughts on the O line? Talk about it a little bit. I did think, uh, I liked looking at it. Let me double check just to make sure that I don't say this incorrectly. Um, but the highest graded Chiefs offensive player. Yeah. Highest graded Chiefs offensive player according to Pro Football Focus yesterday was Jawan Taylor. Highest of everyone. Zero penalties. I know. Gave up one quarterback pressure I saw. Took it. Um, but Jawan Taylor being the highest graded um, offensive lineman. Pretty impressive. Um, Sam Hubbard, Trey Hendrickson are not slouches. Uh, we can say whatever we want about guys being banged up on the Bengals. But Joe Burrow. Um, the receiver is being banked up a little bit, but um, you know their defensive ends have been kind of their catalysts uh, for their team, especially Hendrickson and Juwan Taylor getting it done. Take it right. after the last week. <laughs> I'll take it. 
Yeah. Uh, ooh, Paul DeSantis, Marion Barber. There's a name. That could, that could be a good one, too, uh, from the old Dallas days. So uh, pretty impressive. Uh, again, Pacheco getting them going. Um, all right. Somebody else gets them going. Um, and it's been amazing. I don't think even the most optimistic fans who were SMU fans who knew and loved Rasheed Rice and the opportunity that yeah. he expected the kind of season that we've seen from him. But uh, he caught five passes for a single-game career high of 127 yards in yesterday's 25-17 victory over the Bengals. That included a career-long 67-yard reception late in the third quarter, which I missed because my son had to go to the bathroom for the fourth time. <laughs> so we heard it, and we were all cheering in the bathroom trying to figure out what happened. Uh, but uh, Rice's 25.4 yards per catch average in Sunday's game is a new single-game career high for Rice as well, and it marked his third straight game as the team's leading receiver. And even more fun, to your point, about Pacheco and mm-hmm. Rasheed Rice, two guys that are going to be focal points of the Chiefs' offense mm-hmm. for the foreseeable future. Both of those guys going over 100 yards marks the first time the Chiefs' teammates reached the century mark in the same game this season and the first time since November 20th of last season when it was Isaiah Pacheco and Travis Kelsey. So a little surprised um, that this is the first time all mm-hmm. year that they've had a 100-yard rusher and 100-yard receiver. Also, they got past that 22-point barrier and all this came together i thought they were gonna when he got the last field goal i was kind of like damn it because i spent all week saying 22 is the magic yeah. number if you get 22 yeah. you're good and they got the 22 and i was like oh my god i right and then he hit the last one and i was like don't know if you watch back any of the broadcast but someone who also made that same point was tony romo so great minds think alike he said 22 points he is brought the up number. he brought up getting that many points on the board he didn't say it was the magic number yeah. but he brought that it was in the fourth quarter i'll have to go back and find the clip but he basically brought up the fact that like if they could just get over that hump yeah listen there's a connection there you go with one of the people on that happened it call ryan <laughs> and ask him if he's feeding our <laughs> stats and information to this guy no uh, uh Love CPA. That whole crew is awesome. We had a chance to work with them. Be around Tracy Wilson, all of them. She's great. They're awesome. All right, let's go to number nine. We've got just a couple left. Again, we appreciate everybody for hanging out. Please hit the like and subscribe uh, as we get into the new year. Hope you all had a great New Year's and hope you get uh, the new year started off right. And for the Chiefs, started off just like they have every other year for the last eight straight years, and that is clinching the AFC West division. All right, Bolton leads mm-hmm. the tackling charge. Nick Bolton led the defensive or defense defensive effort, whatever, same thing, and tackles for the second straight game with 13 total tackles, nine of which were solo. That's great. Bolton added a quarterback hit and a pass defense to his performance to help lead the Chiefs to their 25-17 victory. He now has 60 total sacks this season with 38 solo takedowns despite missing eight games this season due to injury. That's good. I, I also, did you notice that they also they were playing Tranquil and Bolton at the same time yes. in a few of those? And I love that. Yeah, it the Chiefs' defense is better when Nick Bolton is on the field. Uh, and Absolutely, is is one of the player the most polarizing players to discuss in Chiefs' kingdom because he played at Mizzou. He's such a good tackler mm-hmm. and physicality, all of those things. Uh, but he doesn't move great in space, and he gets targeted a lot in the passing game. So a lot of the the short passes, the things out to the flat, those are his responsibility. They go for longer than they would, yeah, um, for some other linebackers who are in there that couldn't do nearly even close to as well as what Nick Bolton does well. Mm-hmm. So that's a really tricky thing for people to talk about. Again, Chiefs defense is best. He is a pro bowl, all pro type player for what he does really well. Mm-hmm. Um, but he was the most targeted player 
um, on the Chiefs um, in the passing game might be s- similar for linebackers in general. I haven't studied about how all of that is, but um, Nick Bolton, Chiefs need him. They need him to be healthy, uh, to be at their absolute best. And yesterday was a good example. Uh, a couple of really big runs where you saw uh, Joe Mixon kind of like press to the like the C gap to the outside and then mm-hmm. bounce it out mm-hmm. when the safety come up. That there were a couple of those that there was plenty of space for runs and Nick Bolton just read it perfectly, kind of hid behind um, the first layer of the defense and then slid out as soon as Mixon tried to, to bounce it outside. Noticed that a few times that uh, those could have been much bigger plays than they were, and that was because Nick Bolton did a good job. It's been phenomenal. And uh, Willie Gay also was good, I felt like, yesterday. Yeah, Willie Gay is a tough one because he can make two or three plays that are on a highlight reel. He had the big fourth down stop, which I thought was one of the biggest plays of the game. Um, now, he money came up the middle and no one blocked him. <laughs> so I would expect yeah. any NFL linebacker to make that play. Um, sometimes when you want to credit people uh, for phenomenal plays, if you go unblocked and you go and make a tackle. Like, yeah. It's still great. It's sure. great play design. I think that's more on Spags. And the play design than it is on the player still has to go do it. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to be a hater off. No, I know but what you mean. I know what you mean. If you get off but like shift three blocks, and kill, yeah. it's a third effort, and then it's like, holy cow, look at that. Um, but Willie Gay made a huge play, but Willie Gay has also made enough mistakes um, during the season that he's another one of those polarizing players uh, in a, f- excuse me, in a contract year, going to yeah. be a free agent. Interesting to see what happens with him. But let's move on to somebody that uh, needs to stay in Kansas City for his entire career, and that is Harrison Butker. As he was perfect in Sunday's game, converting a score. career-high six field goals and one PAT for a single-game career-high of 19 points. He outscored the Bengals 19-17. Um, but he also bested uh, his cr- previous career-high of 18 points, which came against the Houston Texans back in 2017. His six field goals made tied uh, for the second-most made field goals in a single game in franchise history, trailing only a seven-field goal performance from kicker Cairo Santos. Nate. Heard of him? Heard he's of got him. a new contract with the the Bears. The Ryan pulls up. Did you really? Oh yeah, he's the most like accurate kicker in Bears go. history. They can um, reconnect. He tweeted. Cairo's awesome. Um, his six field goal attempts tied a single game career high. He also had six against Miami back in 2017, uh, and he converted a 54 yard field goal in the game. He has now made 28 career field goals of 50 plus yards, breaking a tie with Greg Zerloin for the fourth most made field goals of 50 plus yards in the NFL since he entered the league in 2017. He now owns 31 made field goals for the season, tying Cairo Santos, which happened back in 2016, for the fourth most field goals made in a season in franchise history. Um, for Butker, like, it's great to see all the stats and all the numbers. I think Harrison Butker's numbers um, could also be skewed because the offense was so good in scoring touchdowns that he wasn't kicking as many field goals as he would have. Sure. Um, but at the same time, like, the offense also moved the ball and probably had more opportunities to score points. All that said, Harrison Butker has made some phenomenally huge pressure kicks mm-hmm. in his career, and he is one player that you really just don't have to worry about yeah. uh, when it's up to him. He is, he is the dude. A couple of flukes here and there. They happen. He fought through injury last year. That was tough. Came back, uh, able to figure things out. I think the fact that I know a lot of people were kind of getting upset maybe online, and you can weigh in on this about the fact that the Chiefs weren't go- maybe being as aggressive as they wanted them to and settled for three instead of going for six. But when you have a kicker like Harrison Bucker, where you always know you will get three, in a game like yesterday, in a position in which they were in, I don't. I mean, why not rely on your guy like this? I would always lean on him. I mean, he 
has time and time and again done so well for them. And then yep. you know, the only person in the entire league better than him right now is the Ravens kicker. So he's all of famer. I mean, there's, yeah. like, there's only like a couple, maybe three kickers in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. I think something like that. That's a good question. I don't so, know. Um, Justin Tucker will be in the Hall of Fame, but I mean, Harrison Bucker is not that old, and he's on all-time type list. How he's, old is he? He's like the second most accurate or third most accurate kicker. What's your guess on his age? I think he's like 26. No, he's older than that. Is he? Uh, I'd say he's... 28? Yeah. I was going to say 29. That's still young. 28. Like, he's got five, six years left in his prime, and as long as he's the kicker for the Chiefs with Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid, he's going to have opportunities to, to put points on the board. Sure, so yeah. Talk about how many Hall of Famers are on this Chiefs team right now, like pro football Hall of Famers. Um he may make a case for being the fourth one because you got Andy Reid. That's cool. cool to Reed, say not that. prepared That's, for this, yeah. this segment, but yeah, you have Andy <laughs> Reid and you've got Patrick Mahomes, you've got Travis Kelsey, and those guys are all first ballot Hall of Famers. I don't think there's any denying any of that. And Harrison Bucker may be next on that list. Yeah. Um, I, don't, I don't think that's bad logic. He's that good. James Winchester. He's phenomenal. He's been solid. Love James. All right, we're going to hang around for just about two more minutes, answer any questions that are coming from the comments section, uh, see the conversation uh, has picked up uh, down there. Again, we all appreciate you for hanging out, spending part of your days with us. I hope they have, I hope you guys have today off. My boss made me come in and do a podcast. Yeah, I see comments. Uh, <laughs> I see comments about uh, Chris Jones. Uh, Chris Jones is a very, very good player. Mm-hmm. We talk about first ballot Hall of Famers. We're talking about guys like Aaron Donald um and all of that it's it's a conversation he's the other one in that conversation I'm not trying to slight him um but when you look at like all time where you stack against other people um at your same position mm-hmm. Harrison Butker is better than other kickers more so than I think Chris Jones has been from an all-time type perspective uh against like in his space so uh Matt Reeves saying Dustin Colquitt should be a hall of famer just saying you got some like fun new ways I like Colquitt you got some We'll save that for another time. Um, BJ, I have a f- this from Chris. I have a fear for our tackles in the long run, rather our s- receiving issues. Um, How long is the long run? Coming off Juwan Taylor's best performance. So yes, in theory, yes. Uh, although as Patrick Mahomes gets older and less mobile and moving around, it's going to be a thing. But last year, the two tackles gave up more pressures than any other t- pair of tackles in, yeah. in the NFL. And yet he was still a bottom five most sacked quarterback in the league because Patrick Mahomes knows how to feel and maneuver around pressure. Still think it's one of the most bonkers stats that we've talked about mm-hmm. that probably never got enough um, run was that he was a top five most pressured quarterback and yet to bottom five in sacks because they could get to him, but they couldn't get him down. They got him off his spot. They got him running around. Uh, we've all seen it where he just kind of runs around and circles yeah. and gets away from everybody. Uh, it's gonna be very frustrating uh, for defenses. There's one about uh, Dolphins or Bills, who you would want to win. Ooh, yeah, Paul DeSantis saying uh, Dolphins Bills the big one of the week. Uh, I think the Bills are gonna win that game. I think we'll end up playing the Dolphins in the playoffs. I think the Bills are on a great run. How do you feel about playing the Dolphins right off that early? We we barely briefly. I don't mind it. Uh, okay, it's they're very good. You're gonna play a good team. Yeah. Um, and the defense without Bradley Chubb, I uh, don't root for injuries, but without Bradley Chubb, it's a different defense. Mm-hmm. And uh, their offense is what it is, but I'm confident in our defense. 
And so they've got guys who can make plays. Jalen Waddle's not 100% um, as he's out, and we know what Tyreek can do. Um, but I'd be more worried I was going up against somebody that's got a defense that can just absolutely like shut it down. I think that's a great way of saying it. Um, and yeah, I mean, we've already faced him, which gives a little bit. Now I've said last week that teams have been much better against the Chiefs the second time around. Uh, but I wouldn't mind facing the Dolphins, um, mainly because Bradley Chubb getting injured changes things a little bit mm-hmm. for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and Jawan Taylor having the best game of his season uh, yesterday against the Bengals uh, is good for me, especially knowing that Trey Hendrickson and Sam Hubbard played in that game. So, um, And yes, I would rather play the Dolphins and the Bills. Steven C., I'd rather play the Dolphins and the Bills 100%. When the Bills are playing and Josh Allen is playing well, um, Bills are a top three team. Yeah, I don't like, like not a team that you can go and not play well against. Not a team you'd want to face in the wild card round. Um, so yeah, Dolphin Thomas Lester saying the Dolphins have now lost both of their starting defensive mm. ends. Um, that's tough. So we'll see how the Chiefs play it and how Andy Reid talks about what the Chiefs are going to do as far as resting starters, playing guys uh, on the offensive side. I think they need to play uh, and get some more things figured out. Maybe get a couple of wrinkles in there set up for the playoffs. Maybe put some things on tape that they can counter. <laughs> and do the opposite of uh, we know Andy Reid loves to play those games so we appreciate all of you for hanging out um, on New Year's Day or whenever you are listening to this we would not be able to do what we do at KC Sports Network without all of your support um, and yeah shout out Michigan the foot just, I'm sorry as well. yeah. someone just said no one is afraid of those hairless beach mammals it's <laughs> a great what we don't talk about there. Craig like that <laughs> I love you, Craig. Please don't get me. I was just joking. All right, Haley, you can take it. All right, boys at home, we love you. And you guys at home, hope you're not hungover. Hope you have a great day. And we're talking after Chargers win about how the playoffs are going to shake out. Yep, we'll have plenty of content here at KC Sports and we'll out the week. We'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to KC Sports Network. We appreciate your support. Don't forget to hit that follow button and leave us a review if you like what you heard. You can find all six of our channels covering the Chiefs, Royals, Sporting KC, and the KC Current, plus KU, K-State, or Mizzou by searching KCSN wherever you listen to podcasts. We're also on YouTube. Entertain. Educate. Inform. KC Sports Network.